there's aliens coming for me. I know this about about the world. Uh, they're out to get me. I've heard them scratching at my door. I don't know who else to turn to right now. I think they bugged me. And by bugged me, I think they actually implanted bugs into my rectum and are listening in on my conversations and my bowel movements. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to turn to. Help me, please. Please. I know they're listening. I, I, I can hear them. I can hear them all the time. I'm currently looking at nine times six. What is that? Nine times six. Fifty-four. So fifty-eight. Fifty-eight times seven. Like 17 aisles of that many barrels of wine. Now, on top of that, I'm looking down. Uh, okay, let's see. How do I explain it? The green room that we're set up in here with Yachtly Crew is there's a. It smells like wine out here. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Man. So there's about 60 barrels per line here times. Look how they're all stacked. What if there's an earthquake? <gasps> Dude, that is a great question. What do you do when there's an earthquake? There's. That's right. There are so many. I never in my life did I think that I'd be looking at a room full of wine barrels. They seem to keep it uh, cool, I guess, in here. Birds. There are a lot of birds on here. Oh, what do they call it? 408 Finch Finches? No, Fin Fin Fintage? Fint <gasps> No. Is that what they call it? Fintage? F-I-N-T-A-G-E 408 Fint Vintage, 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 vintage. 804, and they're like, what well, look like hummingbirds on them. All over, all over this place. So yeah, our green room, you open up the, you open up the door, and if there's a balcony and you see it all. It's incredible. So, all right, well, I'm gonna start getting uh, dressed here. Everybody's getting dressed, getting ready, getting ready to rock. Uh, we'll talk more later. Here's your fun fact. Muhammad Ali's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is the only star which is not on the sidewalk. Rather, it is on the wall of the Kodak Theater to honor his request that he did not want to be walked on. 
Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. So I did a poster design for a movie called Sorority Party Massacre. So this is a comedy. What's that? A comedy. Comedy horror. Okay. And um, a couple actor friends of mine and uh, filmmaker friends worked on this when we first moved out here. And they did some really good photography, like individual photography, and of course they're trying to sell the girls in this kind of an exploitation film. But I loved how the composition came out, because it basically tells a story, you know? It's like, we've got the sorority name down here, and that's one of the characters' names. He's kind of crazy, and he, like, he's carving stuff in uh, things throughout the film. And then we got a lighter, and like all these cards, and basically all of these illustrations kind of tell a story what happens to the girls as they're getting massacred. <laughs> so, I did this, they did all their photography, and this group was actually, you know, was really good about doing their photography right off the bat. And they were really good about selling their photography and selling their production packages. And they've done like Wolfbane 7 and like all these like crazy kind of like genre specific films. And the first thing that they start with is their poster. And so they had really, really good photography, and this kind of all kind of came together. Now, once they got into distribution, and I remember being super, super upset. This is what ended up on IMDb. Uh, wow. Yeah, and they kept driving home this Greek font, and I hated it. <laughs> and I resisted it the entire time. And this was on IMDb for a good part of a year. It's back to the original poster. <laughs> so they went back to it. And I don't know, this didn't really sell it for me. I mean, I thought the other one was more fun. I'm biased. You know, it was my poster design or whatever. But, and once you get into distribution or whatnot, they kind of were selling it like this. So, I don't know. Which one, which one do you like better? The first one. The first one. It was more fun, right? Yeah. There was more stuff going better. on. This like, doesn't really tell me anything. The colors are kind of washed out. Yeah. Yeah. This was like, yeah. she's the killer then. Yeah, and... Right. I, it looks like a porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And the other one was more... The other one was yeah. way yeah. more darker. Film. Yeah. And it was more colorful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, when I saw that, you know, I'm not a big fan of these type of movies or whatnot, but you know, if I was, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> like, let's wow. check this one out. <laughs> so, um, so one of the production packages, so this one, this is one of the scripts that I did. And it's called The Sight of Tomorrow, and it's kind of an action, urban, uh, action, like, gritty drama or whatever. And uh, funny so... Ed Ross, he was in Full Metal Jacket, you may recognize him, and uh, I kind of wrote it with him in mind or whatnot, and then I basically hired an actress to be the female lead also, and then I went downtown LA and took a bunch of photography, and uh, this homeless guy thought I was taking photography of him, he tried to fight me. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was down there at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I went through my photos, I'm like, man, he's not in, in one of these things. And he was so I got up in my grill, and I'm like, it was like five o'clock in the morning in downtown LA, and but you know, I feel like this kind of this sells my film, and this whole composition turned out well. I'm like those bricks, those bricks are just Google images that I pulled down and did perspective on it and threw some shadow on it, but um, and there's no street that looks like this. They're all much wider, and I just kind of created compositions and layer after layer until I got something that actually worked and kind of created this whole type of theme. So. And I guess I bring this up as an example because when your next project and what Ryan was saying is like coming up with a really compelling poster will help you sell it, and help you get money, 
help you recruit and get people that are you know interested in the type of movie that you're you're trying to do. So let's see. Let's go back to. So so these are the posters that were in the festival. Yes. This week. So this one reminded me of Scholastic. The, the Scholastic. Oh movie. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. And I choose really, your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. That was it, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I appreciate what they're doing here. And my only criticism on this would be is that they, the imagery kind of needs some uh, color correction. And that would be my only criticism on this. And I loved the, the kind of parody and kind of homage to like old school you know, uh, fantasy novels. So I really like that one. Um, now, let's say you completely ignored everything I said and you have no photography whatsoever. Doing a really good illustration like this will, will be very intriguing poster artwork. Where, But this is hard and it takes a really good artist and it takes a really long time to accomplish something like this. Where when you're doing Photoshop work and you're letting your photography kind of drive what your concept is, you know, this, this is really kind of difficult. And like, some of my favorite posters are like the Indiana Jones poster, where someone illustrated that, and like hand painted it. That takes a long time. That's expensive. So, just taking into consideration, like this is a good stopgap, and I really loved the illustration work on this. But it takes much longer than doing a Photoshop comp, comp where your photography is driving what you're trying to do. Yeah, I, I totally watched this movie. You know, um, I thought it was very cool. I, I'm not sure, I didn't see the movie, so I don't know exactly where they got that from, but I'm sure that you could find like that sun somewhere online, and then you just need a picture of your friend lying on the ground. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a star field, and then I like the font selection. It's very 2001. I thought this one was really good. I, I'd watch this movie. Hey, Matt, I had a quick question. Would mm -hmm. it run into like copyright issues if you're pulling images online? That's always my fear. Well, I've never personally been sued. And <laughs> now. That's awesome. That's great. So you, you have to be kind of careful with if, if it's the only thing in your comp. Like a lot of times, I'm manipulating something so much that no one's gonna know that it was mine. Like, if you stole that son, and that's from a, like a famous 3D artist, he may come and sue you. Um, if you pull something off of Getty Images, and you rob that, and you like get out their watermark, they'll come and get you. Um, I have had a corporate client who I told him like, dude, you're dancing with the devil on this, and Getty Images did a web crawl, and they mm -hmm. found an image, and then they demanded a lot of money from and they did like a cease and desist. And I warned him, I'm like, like if you're doing like corporate photography, like it was like someone like, you know, at a business meeting, something along those lines, like they're gonna come and get you. But if you're taking like a sun image from somewhere and then you're composite, compositing like, you know, one of your actors over the top of it, I mean, the internet's out there and yeah, there's something to be said. Like I, our movies have been pirated before and it's not fun, you know? But they took the whole thing, you know? And so there's a question of like, what's sampling? You know, what's stealing? What's repurposing? You know, because I take, you know, gritty 
photograph textures, and I use them all over the place. But you can't really even tell that I use them. <coughs> so no one's ever come to me and say, dude, that's my, Photoshop. that's my old photo texture that you used, I can tell. Like, no one's really come up and said that. And a lot of times when people, like, and when you're doing poster design work, if someone's really worried about it, they're not putting a full res image out there. Like, a lot of people, they'll put stuff out there and a full image, like, you can get stuff from, like, wallpapers and things like that. They're putting it out there for free. But if it's a small one, and then you're, like, you know, hacking into their website to be able to pull <laughs> high res, you're stealing. You're stealing at that point. So, I mean, there's give and take on that, and, you know, I don't know. It's just like, I haven't been sued too many times. And there's only <laughs> that one time. And it wasn't even me, and I warned him on it, and it was just a flat image steal. You know, when you're compositing things or whatnot, it's really kind of hard to, hard to discern whether or not you're actually stealing from it. Especially, it's like, dude, I need a picture of a knife. You know, go online, you get a picture of a knife, you know, and you've got it, you know, stabbing it into something or whatever, and you use, like, blood, you know, around it or whatnot, and all of a sudden, it's yours. So, I don't know. Be careful. <laughs> and if you get a really big distribution deal, revisit that. Like, like small indie that you're like self-distributing, they're likely not going to come after you. But if you get a distribution deal from Warner Brothers, think about the fact that you stole that knife photo from the <laughs> internet. And you got money now, so go, go replace that image within your comp. And again, having your PSD allows you to be able to replace that particular element within your marketing. Can we see some more questions? Sure. Well, I really like this one. I like the, uh, the grain of it. I could only find, I couldn't find the actual poster. I could only find, like, the, uh, this looks like a Facebook cover photo. So I thought this was really good. It's a very iconic photograph. Sometimes, if you take a really nice photo, it can drive your entire marketing. You know, you get a nice font. I like the font. I like the, uh, they've got a grunge kind of texture on it. You know, I don't know if the font actually came like that or if that was something that they applied on top of it. But... I really like that, and then they have this kind of like logo and paleo nod. I don't know. It kind of says sci-fi corporation, alien covenant type thing. It's like, all right, I'll like that. Uh, all right. Um, this goes here last night. <laughs> yeah, and. I really like the color treatment on it, and I like, you know, Godzilla. He's probably going to get sued for that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you know, it's huge, and, you know, it's good comp composition. My only problem with this was the layout of the font. That was my only note. And I feel like Portrait of a Superhero, you could have gone online and found, like, a superhero, Superman font or something that would have been more action-orientated. I don't know what the tone of the movie was, but that was my note on this is that I would have liked a different layout, maybe taking that of A, centering portrait, and then have of A smaller in the middle, and then superhero bigger. There's a way to be able to stack stuff like that where it becomes more graphical pleasing, graphically pleasing. And it may be not even the font, it's maybe the layout that bugged me the most about it. It was just kind of crammed and almost an afterthought. I almost felt like they could have reduced them down, you know, superhero Godzilla down a little bit, and then put more time on coming up with a stack of that font to where it's more compelling and more epic. So that was my only note on this particular one. But I like the, the, how they use the gradient and be able to tie everything together. And, uh, you know, I'd watch that too. So another really good illustration. 
example kind of reminds me of like uh, what's the uh, vertigo like title Soul design dance. you know uh, Alfred Hitchcock type deal um, and this would turn out to be a really fun poster to like have printed out and have on your wall or whatnot again a really nice uh, illustration you know travel it seems like a road movie Sunrise Road you know I don't I really liked how they uh, laid this thing out and the illustration work uh, works for me Mm -hmm. All right, so <laughs> this is actually a uh, poster for a trailer. Is it just a trailer? A yeah. Trailer, right. I just thought the graphics were really good. It reminded me of like Toxic Avenger, <laughs> and, like you know, very exploitation illustrated. Like I thought this was a lot of fun, and I would check this out just because. Now, granted, you need someone that can draw, and I went to studio art for a while. I can't draw like this. You know, there's people that need to hone their craft, and that, that takes a long time. So that was a labor of love. That probably took a couple of weeks of dedicated time to be able to create something like that. And I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, I want something like Indiana Jones. Like, well, how much money you got? Because <laughs> that's really what it depends on, because that takes a long time. That's not like, there's no Photoshop filter, there's no magic wand tool in Photoshop that's going to make that. And but. I'd watch this movie. Yeah, uh, font selection is really nice. Um, the use of uh, <coughs> black space is really good. Um, you know, notice how like the first name is a lighter font, and then they got a bold font, uh, a bold version of that same font as um, their last name. That's a nice way to be able to do title title design, and uh, it's super creepy looking. It reminded me of the thing. The thing poster. Is it a comedy? It's kind of a sci-fi comedy. Really? That's kind of a weird choice there. Huh, that's interesting. I wouldn't say comedy there. I would well, I'd say that genre's off. You know? This says like strict horror movie to me, honestly. Or like apocalyptic movie, um, or something of of that. This one was, now, I had a couple notes on this particular one. Um, the outline of the font, like this whole kind of font treatment is very kind of studio system, old school kind of uh, sci-fi, which I thought was interesting. And my only notes were is that uh, some of the color matching and the photography um, could have made this thing really pop. And I'm not a big fan of like white negative space, but I felt that this kind of worked and I was intrigued to actually watch it. And if you notice, it's like, so you've got like a couple action shots and then you've got a clock and you've got a lightning bolt deposited in there and it kind of like merges everything together and kind of sells what the composition is. So I thought that this was uh, pretty interesting with just a, a couple notes about color correction. And this one's illustrated. And you know, like, this is this looks like a fan film. That's a fan film. Is it a fan film? Yeah. So when you do a fan film, just go ahead and steal that Star Wars. Song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually had two examples. Um, there's a Star Trek one that's coming up also, where it's just like, you know, if you're doing a fan film or you're doing a parody of it, just go ahead and rip it off. You know, because it is a parody and you're covered from a copyright standpoint. And everyone's like, well, aren't you going to get sued? It's just like the Spider-Man Triple X movie didn't get sued. 
<laughs> you know, they do parody all the time, and they never get sued. So, actually, I think Lloyd Kaufman said that to me. Uh, he was in the, uh, one of the movies I produced, Art of Pain or whatever. He's like, oh, it's parody. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're done. Spider-Man had a triple X. <laughs> oh, don't act like you don't know. There's a fair amount of cosplay pornography out there that, like, I don't know how they get away with it. It's just not covered by, by parody. So, no, we don't need to talk about that. Um, this one, I really, I thought the composition on this was great. I mean, you obviously got a, uh, you know, a photograph that they uh, outlined and then uh, did some uh, Photoshop filtering on it and gave it kind of an illustration effect. And then it's just kind of like, you know, just compositing a bunch of different imagery and with some hand-drawn elements. And this turned out to be art, in my opinion. I thought this turned out really, really good. So. Um, this is new media, too, actually. It's, so there's it new media that she entered it. That was for the project. They're showing this. It's not a film, it's a new media. What, just the, like actually, a web series. It's a web series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought this, this turned out really, really Phenomenal. Good. Yeah, great poster execution. And I think that's it for the examples. Super. Um, I didn't go to the effect of saying, who's the best? Um, but <laughs> I don't know. They all got, kind of had their, their own particular strengths. Yeah. I just had a question on something you guys were touching on earlier about attention spans, like for uh, indie filmmakers, especially uh, short films. Uh, I guess I hear a lot sometimes, like you want to keep it under 10 minutes, just, uh, is that something that you would say is accurate or just strictly depends on content? It, it depends on content and I've, I've made short films that were as long as 20 minutes down to a couple of minutes, like even as high as like 30 minutes and you know, I, I think it's a question is like how much do you endure online, like you personally? That's like the real question. It's just like, if I'm not entertained, like, you know, I try to support independent film as much as possible, but when I'm on YouTube and something's bugging me within a minute, you know, that's kind of the tell right there. It's like, how much can you, how much will you suffer <laughs> for someone's short film? Because there's a lot of crap out there. Yeah. There, there is. I mean, but there's also a lot of good stuff. So you got to make sure that you, you know, you hit them right away, especially with a short film. You know, and just kind of being, you know, you know when something's working and when something's not. So, I mean, kind of the funniest thing, I always kind of think of like Bat Dad. Do you know who Bat Dad is? Mm -hmm. He does videos where he pretends to be Batman and he wears like this bat mask and then he tells his kids to like brush his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all this stuff is like maybe like 30 seconds at best. And it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to win festival awards, you're, you're going to want to try to tell a longer format story. But if you're trying to get clicks and create, make viral videos, then you want to keep that like around 30 seconds, maybe a minute, you know, in concept. So it really depends on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. So. Yes. Oh, um, kind of on similar line as his question. Um, um, about the, uh, a lot of the trailers are like, just like really short little bits, it's like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you on Twitter and everything. Now, um, I've always like, respected the kind of work that you do, but it's only recently I, I realized that there's an awards ceremony called the Golden Trailers, mm -hmm. or something like that. And I noticed my, my favorite film, I, Tanya, by, uh, was all that promotional stuff was by Zealot. Um, 
and they won that. Um, so uh, there was like, you know, I don't know, maybe like 20 different my little 10 second Twitter um, promo videos and all the Facebook stuff and and the, that one image in the poster used in countless different ways on benches and stuff. Um, uh, do you have anything to say about the what, what kind of industry it's like and what, you know, how someone like a uh, zealot like that succeeds in getting that kind of work? I'm the lead editor of the trade. Tiny Hero. It's okay. actually up on, uh, on Alameda. So have you been finding that you're getting more uh, social media edits? Uh, we have a social media department. Yeah. So that's usually where we put junior editors, honestly, mm -hmm. when they're just kind of learning the ropes because uh, like a two and a half minute long trailer is so much harder than, you know, we call them snackables, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so something that's just like a quick quick couple of cuts and a graphic, usually five seconds, 10 seconds, 15, 20, 25, and 30. Yeah. So um, those are completely different departments, but editors do need to know how to do both of them, especially uh, with the social media stuff. What it always is is they'll hit us and say, hey, we need 100, and we need it by next week. So it's a lot of work. It's, it, it's an insane amount of work, actually. Um, and the turnaround is, isn't usually very fast. It's usually like very, very rapid. And then it also depends on what platform you're going to because different audiences will, as you said, tolerate different things. So Instagram, Twitter, those, those are usually like five to 10 seconds, but things like Facebook, you're safe with 30 seconds, even up to a minute. So. And I've also been finding that the stuff that I watch the most are the ones that come with subtitles because yeah. You're supposed to be working, and nah. <laughs> it's great. And you can't like play an actual trailer, and when they tell a story with subtitles, like, all right, you got me. <laughs> you know, and if it's really intriguing and there actually is audio, or whatever, I'm like, all right, headphones on. It's like, I need to look. Now, I granted, I work at an advertising agency, so I get a, get away with murder. It's just like we do. The joke is always just like, I got yelled at today for being on Facebook too much, even though I developed for Facebook. <laughs> yeah. How's that even possible? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I guess they go by com account. Mm. Yeah. Um, so do you want to have any questions else for, for Matt? We have a couple of ladies. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, for morals, uh, when can that hurt you when you're trying to play the festival circuit? Because I know that sometimes maybe festivals want to feel like you're exclusive to them, or can it never hurt you to put Honestly, I felt like, uh, at least when we were doing our run, is that if you have festival laurels and you're not within the current year, that some festivals will not want to accept you because your your project's too old. That was, that was the only thing that I found to be a negative from a laurel standpoint. Now, if you're talking feature and they want to like, you know, make you a headliner or whatever, there was always the argument of like, you know, it's like save your premiere for like the big festival, and then all of a sudden you've waited nine months for Sundance and it never happened, you know, and you could have gone somewhere else and premiered somewhere else. And I, I just, my opinion on that is like take it where you can get it, you know. And if you get in Sundance, that means your stuff was good enough in Sundance. It doesn't matter if it premieres there or not. Kind of thinking back on that with the laurels, at one point you said sometimes it can get too crowded, like too many laurels, and that kind of throws off the design. Yeah. I mean, if someone has just a boatload of laurels, how how would you overcome that? How can they 
show that they have a ton of laurels without messing up the design? Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's where a website really kind of comes into play. Because then you can really kind of touch upon that within your production package rather than actually within your graphics. And then, you know, utilize, you know, the five most name recognized festivals. And, you know, if you've won an award, that's more important than an official selection, in my opinion. And that was kind of how I dealt with it. Just like, you know, it only fits five in my design. You know, I got a sixth one. Just like, all right, the one that, you know, didn't, I didn't win an award. That one gets out. So you just kind of got to be selective on it. And the, the whole, I think the whole point of the laurels is to say, we won some stuff. And some people watched this thing, and it was good enough to, to get into a festival. And, you know, you should spend your 90 minutes here. So You can probably be overrun with, with uh, laurels that have too many. Yeah. Or it's just, and also, we've given some films our first laurel, which is really nice. Yeah. So when you see a film that's got, you know, 30 or 60, and it's like, okay, how many people are going to get to the festival? Because we're also trying to be honest with you, to put seat, put people in the seats. Yeah. And if, if, okay, if you're the 30th premiere in LA, it's like, I've seen that seven times. I, I like Rockstar, I'm not going to see it. You know, it, it's a, you want to make sure you have some folks come. Yeah, that filmmaker's bodies aren't showing up for the Exactly. <laughs> Do it again. That's, I've been, then they'll start, I, I got uh, carrot soup or something, so we're all good. Like Parallel Project, we were like the first one that yeah. gave them their laurels, and they had like a two-year run. They ended up with like thirty of them. And we exactly. Like the first it's one. nice to be your first. First kiss is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But uh, yeah, just be selective about it. And, you know, never hurts. Anybody else has more questions for Matt? Right now, we're, we're still going to talk a little bit, but just I've got a couple ladies in the back. Hello there, folks. Uh, we just got done with the sound check out here in this beautiful uh, wine country. This place called Cord Cordvale. 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 What's it called? Cordvale. 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 Uh, not to be confused with Cafe Cord Cordiel. Cafe Cordiel used to be on Ventura Boulevard. This is called Cordvale. It's a winery. Lots and lots of beautiful wine out here. Uh, wine fields. I haven't tasted it yet. However, I can only imagine. It, this wine will never taste the same after today. I'll tell you, with all this yacht rocking, a lot of deer around. I saw turkeys. I podcasted while closely trying to follow the turkeys. I wanted to get their blah, 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 blah. I wanted to get them their clucking. However, they... They stayed a, a steady 30, about a, a 30 feet away, I'd say. This is incredible. It's incredible to see. Now, um, the hotel or the, uh, the staff, the employees, they're showing up. We got uh, employees. We have uh, people who are at, who are part of it, showing up with their, showing up with their, their yacht attire.
it's crazy. People are wearing their their hats, striped shirts. It's really neat. Also, we were given Revo sunglasses. I love my sunglasses. Me and Paulie, we both have green lenses on our sunglasses. Paulie needs to get his uh, into a prescription form because he wears prescription glasses while he's on stage. So we're going to see what we can do about getting his getting his getting his sunglasses uh, fixed so, so it, it, it more closely resembles that. Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. I have to be uh, have to admit we've been a little schnockered halfway throughout the day, most of the day. <laughs> uh, we haven't. I don't think any of us have drank any any wine yet. Where where are you guys going? Oh, good. We're gonna follow these guys to the green room right now. Gonna follow them to the green room so you can hear the echo of what it sounds like in there. Earlier, if you check out the Instagram page, Inspirato Projecto, you'll see I went down into the barrels. Ahoy! I was let down into the. Uh, Ahoy! We were let down in the uh, barrel room to check stuff up, and so. You could check it out. You could check it out. I put it in black and white to make it extra, extra inspirational. There's a large tapestry up on this wall. Wine dogs. Chaz, is your dog a wine dog? Or does it just live with a wino? Uh, let, oh, wait. We get this room? Yep, all the rooms. Oh. I don't know if we got this room. I was shown that, that we had the room downstairs, but this is cool. They couldn't let us stay. No way. They got a bedroom in here? This is crazy. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. It's got its own bathroom. In case the husband and wife want to consummate the wedding immediately after. Bone zone. This is where it's going down. The bone zone. The bone zone. That's a great song. Ladies and gentlemen, we just met the bone. We just. I'm gonna shower, gentlemen. I'm gonna come here and shower. Incredible. No, you didn't hear. You didn't hear it. You did. They didn't hear any, but I was over here. In the sun. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking out through this window, and I'm seeing. All the barrels. I'm going to take a photo out this window so you can see all these barrels because this is, this is insane. This is the barrel room. The barrel room. You saw the uh, the video. If you look on, oh wait, oh shit, here it is, dude. Look at this. We are on the balcony. Smell that wine, baby. Oh man, coming right through, coming right through the nostrils. You cannot deny the smell of this right here. This is the big. The big guns, barrels, aged to perfectiones. We will be back later for more. Reminds me of Riptide. Remember that old show, Riptide? Reminds me of the beginning of the wall. Oh, yes. That's right. Come, if you reach your point, you can have your pudding. 
Yeah. And the guy eats your meat. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are out here today. Today's the 20... Uh, 20... What is this? Third, uh, 26th. Who you just heard there was the world-famous Baba Booey from Yachtly Krui. We're out here at uh, Sea Legs for something called Pacific Life. Yesterday, we were all the way up in Cor d'Aval, a luxurious resort where you can get uh, a, a delicious egg uh, breakfast for only $25. It's, you know, very inexpensive. I learned that in that place, they have six employees per every person, and they have your picture hanging up on the walls. So everybody on campus knows who you are. They all know who you are. Everybody knows your name. Boom, 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 boom. What you hear there in the background is Tommy Bowie uh, for his sound check. It's about six. No, not six. Four eighteen right now. We're gonna have dinner ready at six o'clock. Things are shaping up. Uh, of course, it does not surprise me that uh, Phil's friend put this together. Turns out that she's in charge of, of uh, booking the booking the booking the bands. Last time I met her was at a what oh, was a strawberry festival. He said, "Oh yeah, my turns out my friend is going to be here today. She was doing Wow Pops or Pops." Pops, some kind of pop situation, food situation. So, what you hear uh, going on right now is the behind the scenes of sound check. We got uh, Paulie Shores here, we got Tommy Bowie talking about sound alterations, situations, and culminations. If you could see what I see right now, there are one, two, oops, one, one, two, three, four, five, five little interesting areas. They made it very sea, um, sea-centric, if you will. A lot of anchors hanging out. There's some abandoned boats. There's a, a raft. And all this stuff gets torn down and thrown away. Behind us is a uh, boat-looking thing. And it's got some uh, lights. It have some lights on it. We heard that the, this is sort of like. I heard that this is some sort of like uh, insurance kind of thing. I'm currently wearing my Revos. Thank you, Doug, for the Revos. I will be having Doug on the uh, Inspirato Projecto podcast. I tell him all about it. He's our kind of people. Imagine our kind of people. <laughs> our kind of people. Um, but someone who just happens to have a lot of money, someone who really wants to help out people, someone who really wants to give back to the community. It's very important for him. And he understands, he understands the magic. I don't know if I told you, but the, the little house, the little bungalow sort of thing that we stayed in, in Cordeval, right out in front were uh, statues and it said Jones on it. Well, Rob Jones, Rob Jones is in our band, Rob Jones. Jones is the name of the, the uh, I guess the creators of Cordeval, one would think. I don't have my uh, my wind uh, thing on my microphone right now, so you probably hear a lot of lot of wind shooting through here. 
Um, however, ideally, you got the the good the good elements here. They got some lights set up out here. Um, there are one, two, uh, like two or three boats. Two or three boats. There's some wine barrels. Oh, of course, there are wine barrels. We just got back from a vineyard, and now I see wine barrels. This is astounding. Of course, we got nets around. Um, life preserver-looking things. I mean, it's. It's really, really nautically themed, and it's really cool. These guys apparently don't really know each other, and um, it's about, I don't know, let's say six guys to every every girl here. The, these not, not a lot of these guys are going to be dancing. Uh, however, you know, you never know what's going to happen with soft rock classics. We heard some great feedback last night from Cordeval that... Uh, Doug and his uh, wife were telling us that friends of theirs were just dancing around like crazy, and the husband just is not a dancer. He's not a dancer, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, he never dances." And so they, some something about this, something about the love songs, it just got him up out of his seat, and he was dancing like crazy. She was dancing. It was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, they're checking. They're checking music things here. Yes, sir. They're checking stuff. Checking stuff. This is great. Vocal number one. Yeah, yeah. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number it was really, really cool out there to experience so many synchronicities. Let's see, what else, do, what else did we come across on the way out here? Uh, oh, I know Philly's told me this on many occasions that he went to Chapman University, but it, for some reason it didn't, it didn't link into my brain until now. We have a Chapman block, Chapman University at Kapow. Hot, what, two, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Ladies Chapman Black tomorrow. One, two. Tomorrow eight, eight. is yeah. Tomorrow is going uh -huh. to be in uh, Del Mar. Yeah. yeah. Del Mar. Oh, oh. It sounds like it sounds one, like a two, beach eight, town, eight. right? Del Mar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where. I don't really know where that's at. However, yeah, that's yeah. where we're at tomorrow. One, two, so I assume eight, we're all going home yeah, tonight. Yeah. I don't oh. think we're staying anywhere oh. tonight. I think we're going home some somewhere tonight. Yes. And then this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. No, we're gonna uh -huh. go up to Del Mar. We want two. Wow. Two. Everyone seems to know exactly what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of activity yeah. happening yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah, we got two. flowers. Little people bit, coming in with bit. flowers. Hey, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got people one, setting two. stuff up. Hey, hey. My yeah, dad's coming yeah, into town yeah. on the Good. 28th. One. Just so crazy. One, so two. much is yeah. happening. Hey, hey. So much is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, I can hear uh, well. we'll, we'll One, talk, two. We'll hey, talk hey. more later. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot hey. more. A lot more to be said. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> 